Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fitz and Chip podcast. I'm Fitz. And I'm Chip. And today we are having our Halloween Horror Nights 32 extravaganza wrap up our thoughts. Probably the last Horror Nights episode for the season. Uh, unless you decide to do to hit us with some lore and stuff. Ooh, so it'll be the last one covering this year's event. Yeah. But maybe we'll just do a little uh, spooky lore episode closer to Halloween. That might be fun. Yeah, and uh, we had planned in full disclosure, to get this done right after we came back. Yes. But uh, unfortunately, we both came down with the sickness. You got... I got the big one. I got the COVID. And then um, literally the weekend after that, I was away from my brother's bachelor party. So it's been a hot minute. So we've been away a little too long. We apologize. Uh, late is better than never. Let's see. So I did eight nights of Halloween Horror Nights. That's a lot of nights. Which is funny. I thought was not going to be enough. During it, I felt like it was too much. And now that it's over, I feel like it wasn't enough again. I want to go back. You had less time there. I did. I had four nights. Four nights. That's still a. That's actually where I think I want to be. Yeah. In the future, I think four nights is a good a good amount for and me. I, I love that. Out of the four nights, only two were really like hard going. Yeah, night yeah. Nights. The other two were just kind of take it easy, chill nights. Which. Yeah, I think in in my perfect world, I would probably go pretty hard and try and do all ten houses on like the first night, I mean, and then kind of pick and choose my favorites to revisit nights two, three, and four. I think that would be a good way to do it for me. We'll get into it, but you literally did that. Well, yes, I kind of did do that. It was pretty good. Where to begin about this year? I want to talk about overall, just the, the so vibes. At this point now, we can talk about the fact you went down opening weekend. Why yes. we do a general overview of like your trips, and then we'll get into... Okay, so let's... We haven't really talked about opening weekend yet, because you didn't want to spoil anything for No, me. no, and this was my first opening weekend, so I'll, I'll give you a quick, the quick rundown. Um... I think some of the information could be useful if you're interested in going to Horror Nights at all. Opening night was a Friday night. My wife and I went. We met with some friends who live in Orlando and some of some of their friends. So there's a group of, uh, I want to say there were seven of us together in a group opening night. We decided to do Stay and Scream at, in Springfield. And in traditional Halloween Horror Nights opening night fashion, the skies absolutely opened up on us. We were in line for The Last of Us. We were probably the in the top... The first 100 people in that line. Which is so cool. So we really wanted to do that. We really wanted to see Last of Us first. Um, We had umbrellas. I had my little shoe covers to protect me from the rain. Nothing could have prepared us for the rains that came. We were absolutely soaked, head to toe, standing in line an hour before the event even started. And we all just dealt with it and decided this was just the way the night was going to go. We got soaked. But we were within, I would say, honestly, the first 100 people to go through The Last of Us. And then from that point... Opening night, we made it our mission to hit all 10 houses opening night. We did not have Express, and even on opening night, utilizing Stay and Scream, we hit all 10 houses. Which is amazing. It's utterly insane that you did that. And, and it took it, us up until the, the finish line. We walked out of the park at 2.15 a.m. And like there there was some controversy of people saying Express wasn't moving the way it should have and yeah. stuff like that. So that may not be... I don't think that'll be everyone's experience. I don't know. On a busy night, I don't think even with Stay and Scream, you could comfortably do all 10 houses. And we stopped for beers and stuff multiple times, but what, you know, it wasn't go, 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 breakneck pace to, to accomplish that. I was just surprised. I thought opening night, I would never get that much accomplished. But we had a good strategy. We were able to get it done. Yeah, because we originally talked, and you expected to hit, like, on opening weekend trip, maybe six houses tops. Yeah. Be able to experience the rest of it afterwards. We just uh, just kind of pushed through. Uh, one of the members of our party, my wife, and I don't blame her. I think she was actually correct here. She, we were all soaked. She decided she'd rather be comfortable than just push on. So she left at the perfect time, I would say. She went back to the hotel. She jumped on the boats, went back to the hotel, changed, 
She only missed two houses. So the longest line we hit was like an hour and change. She almost intuitively left right when we went to that line. So she didn't miss that. She was back within an hour and change. And she only missed two houses. And the next night, we did those two houses, number one and two. So she had knocked it out in the first 10 minutes of the next night. Which is also the benef- like one of the, <clears throat> I think at this point, the benefit. And I will not do Horror Nights without staying on property at this point. Yeah, I, we're a little bit... Uh, I understand not, not everyone can do it, um, but some of the hotels, I would say, are very reasonable, sometimes better than off-property hotels. It's, it's weird. I feel like if I have the option of staying off-property with Express or on-property without Express, I would choose the on-property without Express. 100%. Me too. And it's like, not even close. That the convenience of just having the boat to go back to the hotel at any time... Yeah, like, oh I my mean, God, if you, if you get overwhelmed or, or you just need a break from horror nights, you can. The event is a it's a long event. It goes eight hours every night, right? You you can leave yeah, the event two, so yeah, you can leave the event, go to your hotel and refresh, and still come back with plenty of time. And the the to be clear, the best time to do anything at horror nights, if you can stick it out, is from midnight to two a.m. That's when the crowds die down the most. So I could very easily see a night where somebody, myself included, would go for a stay and scream. Knock out like four or five houses, go to the hotel, hang out, go to a restaurant at City Walk, and then just come back in around 11, 11.30, and then finish your night. That would be a great night. I gave that same advice. My cousin's uh, wife and daughter are going to Horror Nights next week. And Excellent. Was, they were doing Stay and Scream, and she's like, she's like, the one that she wants to do most is Last of Us. I was like, all right, you can, you're already in the park, do Stay and Scream for Last of Us. Yep. I was like, but if you can manage the fact that you are a 16-year-old girl, I'm assuming you can, to stay up till like... 12, 1, that is your time when you're going to hit so much stuff because everyone starts filing out and the world oh, yeah. just boom, boom, boom. It's always the best time. I will say as a whole, this year felt very busy. Yeah. Even in September, very busy. And we still we see those reports now that like it's all busier. The, the passes are sold out. Everything's selling out. Minus dailies. I wonder, I know I know the event has always been popular. I feel like it's it's growing in popularity rapidly. The past, it's almost like it's almost like I, w- I wish I had been going earlier because I found it. I feel like the same time that everybody else realized how great this was. Part of me is hoping the two enormous IPs that drew people in this year are part of the reason that the crowds are so heavy. I don't know if that's true. It might just be the the case for horror nights going forward. I, I think they'll be tough, hard pressed to find two IPs this big again for a while, at least. You know, in, in the same year. So. I'm not saying I, I, I don't want people to go because, of course, I want people to go experience the event. But um, I'd love to go when it's a little less crowded. And I'm a person who likes original houses a lot. So the IPs aren't going to draw me anyway. I'm going no matter what. So I don't know. It's a little double-edged sword, the IPs. They're very cool to see something so huge. But also, I almost can I can almost leave the IPs. I don't disagree. But I also, I'm more for, like, we'll get into it. But the fact that Stranger Things has been there three times, and let's be real, whenever the final season drops be a house again i'd be very surprised if it's not yeah like i'm, I'm okay with the ips that maybe just pop in once in a while because like, i as someone who went to the second stranger things house didn't know anything about it and now done this one i'm like i don't know if i need to walk through another stranger things house yeah and yeah, and, yeah we'll, we'll talk into how we feel about the houses individually but just talking about the event as a whole right now I had joked in our group chat you know about everything selling out in our horror nights group chat and i said you know next year i want to see nine originals and i just picked a you know a classic out of the air i said and give me that in in uh, nightmare on elm street but in reality i would love like a like a nine original and one uh classic 80s slasher kind of ip that would be awesome to me now do we i know they years ago they did do both parks and 
they're clearly not doing that currently because you don't there's too much on that side that they can't touch between Harry Potter and Mm -hmm. Dr. Seuss. Do we think if it stays as popular as it is once the new Bird Park opens, that's also supposed to have a classic Marxist area, potentially see Horror Night stuff bleed into that? So I have no information, no inside information here, but I do not think you will. I think this is the kind of situation where it's, they get to have their cake and eat it too. The new park is going to do crazy business just for being a new park. And then you draw in huge crowds back to the original park with Halloween Horror Nights, and you keep everything flowing. I, th- I don't think they move it over there. It doesn't need it to yeah, draw it does, people in. It doesn't in. make sense from a standpoint of a opening a brand new park that's already going to be busy to shove more people in there. Right. But if it gets to the point where Horror Nights is becoming too bloated for one park, what do you do? That That is interesting. I think that – I think what they do – Unfortunately, is the capacity, you know, there are sellout nights, and I feel like it might be overcrowded, but I think Universal thinks that number of people is fine for Horror Night, so I think they just keep it at this level, and they just, this might just be the new normal. I don't know. I don't think they split it up. I think it's just a logistical nightmare to do two parks, and I think that the new park is going to, Epic Universe is going to draw so many people by it. I think we're just going to see it stay the same. I do. And again, I have no, that's just my gut. I really don't know. Um, I do appreciate that they're not afraid to take chances at Universal at all. They'll try crazy stuff, and you never know. I mean, yeah, we had a whole Horror Nights based around one character when all the scare zones are equal to him and yeah. a house. You know, it's a good point. Why don't we just talk about the man himself before we dig into everything else? The man of the hour, Mr. Dr. Oddfellow himself. Fantastic character. As someone who's just learning all the lore and all this, and hats off to every person who portrayed him either in the main entrance, in the house itself, even one of the scare zones he was in, incognito, or not incognito in the jungle one, every one of them absolutely nailed this character. Every odd fellow was awesome. He felt like a true celebrity every time I saw him. I got excited, like like I was seeing somebody that I wanted to go talk to. He did crowd work. He interacted. All, all of them did. Every every person who portrayed Oddfellow. I have some great videos that I want to throw up on, on, the, on the socials. I was waiting to get this episode out before I really... I have so many videos and pictures. I have some great interactions with Oddfellow. We have some, some great photos, so we'll be posting those. As the man who ran the event this year, he was amazing. I It was very interesting because, you know, he's a character from Jack the Clown's backstory, and Jack the Clown is Mr. Halloween Horror Nights. And as a lore junkie, I just always kind of feel like, oh, he's going to be great, but you know, Jack is Jack. Jack's the man for Halloween Horror Nights. They have totally different approaches to their brand of horror, the way that these two characters, the way they act. And Oddfellow's brand is very charismatic. He draws in followers and he gets people to want to follow him. That's kind of his lore. And did they nail it? Because he, he succeeded on many levels. You know, my, my dream, my dream year in the future for anniversary or 35 or 40 is going to be the big showdown. Oddfellow versus Jack, and I don't know that that's going to happen, but I imagine it will. And as a Horror Nights junkie, I thought, oh, yeah, if that happens, I'll be Team Jack all day. There's no way. I'm not so sure anymore. From not knowing many Horror Nights and only going to the one last year and seeing the Pumpkin Lord, but having, like, the actor up on the platform and more canned dialogue, it'll be freeform and, mm-hmm. like, just openly interact with people. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, that was great. But having Dr. Oddfellow in character just interacting with people, saying what he wanted to, all in character, but, like, the charisma was just oozing off of this man. Yeah, he it was, was so 
well done. You bring up a good point because they kind of they kind of did this weird. They kind of tested the waters last year with the pumpkin lord being this weird faux icon kind of there. He was really just a set piece in a scare zone. That's all he really was. Doctor Oddfellow was this year's event, and the the the, the two takes on how to have an icon, if you want to call the pumpkin lord an icon at the event, are miles apart. And the Oddfellow approach is the way to go. What makes me excited about this is that. Universal has kind of gotten away from the icons and in lieu of IPs, and I think this gave them all the evidence they needed that people are hungry for icons running the show again. And I'm hoping we're going to see, you know, the icon years 2.0 coming up. I really do. Oh, he was great. So, continuing with Oddfellow, why don't we go into Scare Zones first? Or okay. do you want to do Houses first? We should do Scare Zones, right? It, it, they're all basically involving him anyway. Yeah, we'll save so. the Grand Poobah for the end, you know? So we'll go through our, our scare zone. Let's do, let's do that. Yeah. Let's, let's go through. We'll, we'll do our scare zones ranked five through one. We'll take turns, I guess. I wonder how close our lists are. What do you got for number five? So I feel like my number five, and full disclosure, again, for this entire list today, just because it's in last place or lower place, then maybe you liked it. I don't think there was a bad experience at Horror Nights this year. Okay. I, I think I agree with you. With one minor yeah, asterisk, yeah, and I think we have this, yeah. we'll, but we'll get into that. But, like, everything, as someone who's only done two real nights of Horror Nights, this year blew last year out the water. Two years oh, of Horror Nights, you yeah. mean? Yeah. Yep. Of just quality scare actors, set pieces, houses, scare zones. Everything was, like, kicked up a notch from last year. Mm-hmm. And my number five is, unfortunately, Dr. Oddfellow's Collection of Horror, only because I think it got hampered by the fact of the Minions Land being there and not having a real thing. And it kind of just entrance slash bleeds into Dark Zodiac or being around that same area. Very close. But Oddfellow being the centerpiece there is also, it's just, it makes sense. Why they did it, don't love it because of the Minion spot. Yeah, they didn't have enough real estate. I, I 100% agree with you. This whole scare zone really was Oddfellow. He was, was that kind your of, fifth too? It is not. It is not, okay. But um, but we, we'll get into it. It, it is, it, it, yeah. I think that's the very, very fair placement for that. The scare zone itself wasn't so much a scare zone as a cool set piece with um, the carnival wagon, Oddfellow having a stage to talk to people on, and the big platform to come out for opening ceremonies. And then he was flanked by a couple of other scare actors, and that that was kind of the zone. It, 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 there was no big set pieces. There, there wasn't much. There just wasn't much there. What was yeah. there was Doctor Oddfellow, and he was fantastic. Yeah, but to call it a real scare zone. I don't even think it's fair to call that a scare zone, uh, to be frank. It, it just it wasn't I mean, a scare zone. it is zone. officially listed as a it scare is, zone. It That's is. That's why it's my number five. Right? No, and I agree. It's on my list, too, somewhere. But it's just, it, it was it was very cool to see Oddfellow, but he was just, uh, he was there to say hi and talk to everybody. He really wasn't, it really wasn't a scare zone. It was, yep. technically, but yeah, that, that's totally fair. Yep. My number five was, I have a feeling it's your number four, uh, is Shipyard 32. Hmm. Uh, that is my number four, yes. So okay. We can continue talking about that. Yeah, so that's what I figured. It's just a weird thing. It's the location, I think. Because I actually think the scare zone was very good this year yeah. compared to scare zones in this location in previous years. Very a lot of interaction. They had a lot of cool yep. costumes and scare actors. There were Easter eggs, monsters from previous years, which were kind of fun. I think this was a better showcase for them than last year's, what was it called? Hellblock Horror kind of had a similar thing, whereas creatures from previous years... Wasn't a great showcase for them. This was much better, I think. And everyone loves Bat Mommy. So. Yep. Uh, Patricia, 
there was a, a, a there's a scare actor on stilts. It's, it's a tall bat uh, woman, and she's almost like the new little boo. People people just fell in love with this character, and they're they're pushing for more Patricia in the future. She was great. I, she she was very good. But there was there was one one scare actor in particular. I remember he he was um he was in a cage, and you would go by and he'd rattle the bars. And I had great interactions uh, with that character uh, every time. Whoever it was in that cage, I think it was multiple creatures on different nights. But they they were always excellent. I always got really good video of them. Yeah, it's just a location for me there. It's the best they could do with that location. I think I just don't love that location for a scare zone. That's kind of what it comes down to. I don't know to. where else you'd. Put one. Yeah, I don't know that there is a better option, and I'm not saying they I'm should move it. I'm assuming at this point, at Universal has like looked at all their real estate and paths and stuff. You did a behind-the-scenes tour, which is something else we can talk about before this podcast ends, yes. or we can do it for another one if you want. But like, I would love to sit with the analytics on like this is the path people followed, and like because they clearly have all that data. Every right. theme park does to understand why they put things where they put things. It, so I know they don't have a lot of room, like we just said. I think it would be cool, and this just hear me out. This is just me kind of. Going on a tangent here, there's a big loop that is near the Fear Factor stage where there's really nothing back there. It's near the old Jaws bathrooms, the Amityville bathrooms. Yep. I know what you're talking it's about. It's out of the way. You have to walk out of your way to take that loop. I think it'd be cool if they've stuck another scare zone in there instead, but you'd have to go out of your way for it. That is, a, I understand why that's a problem, but I think they could make that a really cool experience if you have to go out of your way. You, t- you can almost make it more like a, I want to say like a house, but more of a of, of a scare like, zone, like that's, a hidden area. Yeah, I think that could be a, a cool spot. It, it's just a big, it's a big like ha- you know, like a like a like a U shape over there that you just you go in one end and you come out the other. It could also be like depending on the theme of it too. Like if it was like a back alley type situation. Yeah, I don't know. That's just that's just a random thought that I just had uh, as we're talking about other options for for scare zones. But yeah, Shipyard Thirty Two was was good. It really was. I I always every time we walked through, I kind of got excited. You know. It was fun to walk through. I never felt like, oh, we have to walk through this again. It was always good. It's just not my favorite location. So what was your number four then since mine was uh, Shipyard? Uh, my number four was Dr. Oddfellow's collection okay. of so horror. We are th- so, so we're pretty close there. Yeah. Yep. And I think it's a coin flip, honestly, between those two for me yeah. on, on a given night. That they're about the same. Yeah, we all, we both have pictures with Oddfellow, too. Like, it was very... Yep. He was great. He was so oh, He was great. And we'll talk about him in another location soon, too, perhaps. So go with your number three. My number three, speaking of a great place to see Dr. Oddfellow, was Jungle of Doom. That is also my number three. I thought it so might like, be. I thought I, I it have a feeling our, scare, our, our list is going to be very similar for scare zones. I think so. Jungle of Doom. Jungle of Doom was great. It was great. Oh, the fact that like everyone was like, oh, they don't have a water show this year. But Jungle of Doom was basically an unofficial show. There was a small little little stage show that would happen there, yeah. So yeah, coming from the uh, the Mel side into that scare zone, there was a little jungle ruin set, and occasionally a very young Doctor Oddfellow in full um, explorer gear would show up, and we'd get to witness him find uh, the skull of souls, which we know he later fixes and to the cane to become the cane of souls, and it was a really cool. It's very quick. He, he would just kind of find find it. He would have a few lines. All of it was a hot mic. It was all. It was never pre recorded lines. He, he would just deliver everything live. And I caught it great one night. I actually, I'm going to post a video. Uh, there's only a handful of people who were standing right at that spot, myself included. And he came right out, and he found the skull and picked it up, and he talked directly to me and my group right there, and then just jumped down from his perch and just walked right into the scare zone and became a scare actor in the zone, carrying the skull around and showing people. It was very cool. He just transitioned from on stage to character in the scare zone very quickly. 
and just became a part of it. Which again goes with how awesome every one of these like Universal was is hats off to all of the Scare Factor employees and anybody who works this event. There was not a bad interaction with a single character or person working there. Yeah, the entire time yep. I was there. I mean, since you started, we'll, we'll just do. I wanted to definitely mention this. It's on my bullet points. We'll do. A, we'll talk about it now, real quick. Scare zone, specifically scare zones, because in the houses you don't have much opportunity to interact. In the scare zones, the scare actors were, I think, the best they've ever been. They were amazing. Every time I wanted to take a photo or or a video, even through a scare zone. They were so eager and cool to interact with me and give me a little something extra for the video as I walked through. I thanked so many of them. Like I let them know like how much I appreciated it because it really made my night some nights. I had some nights where I'd walk through a whole scare zone and I would record the entire walkthrough of the scare zone. And there are some of those walkthroughs where I have five, six interactions, like unique interactions with a character on my way through. It was like they, they were perfect. They were they were amazing. They were so gracious to the fans, and I just can't... They made the event this year for me. So take care of your scare actors, everybody. Be good to your scare actors. They make this event for us. Yeah, there were quite a few times where we had interactions with different scare actors in the scare zones and some other things we'll talk about later on. And every time I was like, man, that's so cool. Like, they were really out, and still are, out to make you have the best time you can have. Yeah. They're, they're so passionate. Like and their job tell. is literally to do the same thing potentially a thousand times a night. And every time felt like it was the first time they were doing right. it. Right. Because they know it's, it could be your only time. And they make it feel that way. They were phenomenal. And, and they, don't, they don't get enough credit. Like everyone's like, oh, the house. Like, uh, with production, all of you guys are fantastic. You do it. But the people who are doing it day in, day out, I can't imagine what that's like. Oh, like brutal. Well, I want to talk about. So I want to do a separate, maybe a quick bite about my um, unmasking the horror tour. Yeah. Um, but we got, I got a little insight into what it is like to be a scare actor. Um, so, so we'll talk about that in, in a separate. I think there's enough meat there to do even a quick episode about that. Yeah, that works. Um, so at this point, we will go with my number two for this was Dark Zodiac. Also my number two, and it's a tough one for me. Yeah. Because um, this and our, the number one that we'll talk about in a minute bring two different elements to Horror Nights, and I love both of them equally, the two vibes they bring, and this was difficult. Dark Zodiac, place. the only, which I don't know why I call it a knock, because it's not a knock, because it's not their fault. If the weather is not great, this scare zone tends to come down a little bit. I do. Because of people in costumes and stuff. Yeah, and, that is true of every scare zone, yeah. though, to be fair. I feel like it's more so this one because of how wide open it is and the different sets and stuff that they mm. have going. But like, yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. So some of the other scare zones are just more in- interesting to look at without a yeah. scare actor in them. This one really needs the scare actors yeah. to thrive. And if they don't have as many in there it because feels of empty. or something, it does feel empty. Yeah, that's but fair. It was so... Every time we walk through it, I'm like, God, this is so cool. And trying to figure out which Zodiac yeah. is what. I had so much fun trying to find the different Zodiac symbol creatures in there. I got so upset because I'm Aquarius, and I only saw Aquarius once. And the one picture I tried to take got blurry and crappy, and I could not find them again. That's a picture. bummer. I uh, I was very fortunate. Um, My wife and I are both Gemini, and we saw the Gemini scare actor. Oh, the costume was amazing for that one. And I ran over, and I, I saw your Gemini, and he, he very creepily nodded to me. And I asked if I could take a photo, and he nodded again, which was amazing. And I just, me and my wife stood there and popped, you know, took a selfie, and he posed and just gave us this great three Gemini picture, and it's just awesome. Like it's it's one of my favorite photos I got because the scare actor was just so cool and made sure that I got a good shot. It was we talked about it in our preview, like it had the potential to be something really cool because it's like, what do you what do you mean dark zodiac? Like, mm-hmm. but it 
It looked so It was awesome. great. Uh, the diff- they had, like, multiple different stages of little shows going on in them of, like, just, yep. like, clearly torturing people or whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. This is also where Chainsaw were located this year. Yeah. And I have I, a good video of that when we walked by, uh, which I'll post up, too, right when they were all coming out. So I have oh, it's all, great. It's a line of just the Chainsaw people coming into the scare zone for the first time. And you, you wouldn't know this unless you really were digging. Um, but Because my first thought was, like, why are Chainsaws in Dark Zodiac? So if you if you were paying attention, they were only at the, the, two, the entrances on, on either side. And it's because they're supposed to be the guardians of this realm. Um, their chainsaws, I believe, had runes painted yeah, on them and they stuff. Had, they and, had the runes and all the zodiacs on. And they were supposed to be guarding the entrances to to the zone. So, you know, I don't know how much that works for you, but it was cool. At, le- at least there's some thought into it. It wasn't just throw chainsaws in there and call it a day. It was very cool. You have to kind of get through your chainsaw scares to get into the dark zodiac, and it was kind of cool. Yeah, it was just it was actually kind of scary in there, kind of creepy, and that's yeah. why. I had trouble ranking it number two instead of one. I like a creepy scare zone. I want to feel like I'm in a dark, scary place. And this is, of all the scare zones, this did that the best. Yeah, it felt like a nice, creepy scare zone. Especially, I think, near the fact that it's now Mel's Die-In, which is currently closed for refurbishment. Mm-hmm. So it's even darker than normally. Yeah, There's a lot true. less light in that area, and it felt... Hey man, this loca- that's just such a great location for a scare zone. They, that is the I agree. one. Them and where... The, Vamp 69 is, yep. are such great spots for scare zones. It's funny, th- that section of the park, the Hollywood Strip, is my favorite section of the park during the day. I just, I, there's something about that area that makes me really feel like I'm at old Universal. And it's great that at Halloween Horror Nights, it's still probably my favorite area of the park. Which brings us to uh, both of our number ones. And uh, it's a big shocker, honestly. I'm, I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to humbly eat some crow. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to formally apologize to anyone who I may have offended with my previous comments about the vamp scare zones and how this was not going to make any sense and how our hippie vampire is going to be cool. Because, God, that was such a cool yeah. scare zone. Hey, I'm with it, you. I didn't think it was going to be that good, good I, either. I didn't I, think the like, aesthetic was going to work. Original, I ranked that. I'm like, that's going to be like the bottom. Like, There's no way this is going to be cool. Like, It's hippie vampires. It was such a good scare zone. It was the so setting good. for it was amazing. The music just absolutely... They killed it with the music. They did. The loop is great, which you can listen to. It's on Spotify. Oh, sweet. Uh, I listened to the music on the way over here to get myself psyched up for this episode. Oh, man. It's so, so good. I will now happily join in with all the people of... Give yep, us a vamp scare zone. Vamp scare zone yep. is amazing. Let's go. It was great because you had your hippies, and they were <laughs> they were great. Some of them were tried to be scary. Some of them were funny. Um, some were a little both. I know one of our friends, our friend Steve, got the biggest scare of, of his whole Horror Nights experience in the scare zone because he just was kind of casually not paying attention and so a scare actor jumped in his face and scared the daylights out of him. And it was, I, I, I laughed for five minutes. I, I couldn't get it together. It was, it was the best scare I saw yeah, all they year. They had people dancing along to the music, singing along to the music. Uh, Sweet Caroline came on and we are from New England. Uh, so it's like, parts it's, of that it's song. so cringy that I join in, but I can't help it. And you could tell there was maybe some scare actors or people around there that are also from that England that know the the extra oh, parts yeah. that get oh, put everyone in that knows. song. Oh yeah. It also, I think had both of ours maybe favorite scare actor. I was gonna this, say this. special mention to one particular scare actor who was in Vamp sixty nine. He was part of the vampire gang. He, he he was more of a he was part of the um oh what are they called the. Uh, it's on the hood. The Blood Slayers. His costume he was part of the Blood Slayers. 
and there was a food booth, uh, a f- you know, a, a fake food booth. Um, it was on the side. It was right across from Finnegan's, roughly. And I have a great video interacting with him. There's a character who would he would be in that booth. And he would pop out, run out of the booth to scare you sometimes. There was a it would be a severed head in a pot that he would pull out sometimes and then kind of shake at people. I was there eight nights and I saw him almost every night. And it was the point where I think he might have even started to recognize me because I made a note the second night. I said, you're my favorite scare actor of the event. And I was always recording video going through there. And I would see him and he would instantly go in in full performance mode and give me a great shot every single time. And I'd tell him every time, you're my favorite scare actor it was as I was done. So well done. Like everything. Again, I don't want to just keep like keeping on the praise, but I kind of want to just keep keeping on the praise. Yeah. Everything was Firing on all cylinders yep. every time we walked through these zones. There was a great effect, too. We went on the mummy, and from that side, there's the bus that's parked outside, there's a little projection show inside the bus you can see through the windows of somebody getting attacked in the bus. And it's all just like a little little projection show. But it was so cool. It was such a cool effect. Which if you didn't come out or to the mummy and turn around and look, you would never even see yep. it. It was just, Scare Zone was awesome. Also, it was full, vibrant, full of people. Randomly seeing Oddfellow as Vamp. Yep. Our fellow was awesome. He was all, yep. The one that was in there was was excellent. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Which it you was just if like you pointed out, if you didn't know what he looked like with the scar, you would not recognize that he's yep. in there. Yep, he, he was phenomenal. I, yeah, I don't know. That scare zone just ruled. <laughs> like, that's so all I can say. You know, I like a scare zone to be scarier generally, but if it's if I have a lot of fun in there, that goes a long way. And I had more fun in that scare zone than any other scare zone by far. I think. It's arguably my favorite scare zone ever. You've experienced? Arguably. I have to think about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I really understand why people love the vamp stuff now. Like, yep. it was... It's fun. The music... Yeah. It, that's what... So, every scare... Every vamp is always tied to a year and the music of that year. And if you like music and you just think it's a fun vibe, then you're going to like the vamp scare zones because the music Which is kind of the same. may not be for everyone, but we are on the older side and mm-hmm. older souls with music, so... Yep. Phenomenal. Absolutely love it. So our official bits and chips ranking of these then is tied for fourth place is Shipyard and Dr. Oddfellow's Collection of Horror. Mm-hmm. Third place would be Jungle of Doom. Yep. Second place, Dark Zodiac. First place, Vamp 61. I mean, that, that's a yep stamp of approval on that list. That's how I feel about them. I would like to give honorable mention, though, to both, because they're not official Sakai Zones, mm. the Megan Horde. Yep. Which was, we saw the show a few times. Really I, cool. I only saw it once. Really? Yeah. I only caught it once. I saw it at least two times, maybe three. There was a lot of alcohol nice. involved, so I don't fully remember. Uh, I definitely <laughs> remember at least twice because nice. I, I remember being near your wife for a spot because she like snuck her way through. Yep. Uh, it was really cool. Like It was. So well, all that happens with the Megan, they, they appear out of nowhere, and they just do a little two-minute dance routine, and then they stay for photos, and then they disappear again. What's really cool about it is they don't all come out from the same direction, they come out from all different angles of the park and just slowly become a group in the middle. And it's really cool the way that that happened. Yeah, which I kind of like. Like, I like oh, that me it's too. Like, an unoffic- like, again, there's no water shows. People like, there's only one show. I'm like, but there was unofficial shows yeah. throughout this Horror Nights. Yeah, so the Megans were very cool. It was quick. It was two minutes. And they, they would stick around for photos, which was great. And I've seen some some people on social media have got some just great photos with the Megans. Um, and then the other one... Uh, oh. I know you want to talk about Death it, Eaters. Death Eaters. It was really cool seeing Death Eaters up there. Very cool. We 
I had a really cool interaction where there was one like just kind of stalking behind me. I didn't realize I turned around and we had to scare down and it was like I'm like, that's oh, so good. They were great. They had a little show where they would come out and there would be a little some pyrotechnics and they would do a little magic and then it, it's where the Celestino War backstage is. And then after that they would just descend into the crowd and just walk through the crowd and take photos and just harass people and <laughs> I mean yeah, that in had, a positive if you were way. A hat, they would try to see if you had a scar on your forehead, if they yep. saw people with the death mark tattoo. So, I have I my wife bought a bunch of temporary uh, dark mark tattoos and we put them on our on our arms every night for horror nights and she was in the bathroom she missed it but I was walking a death eater walked kind of my direction and I showed her my dark mark tattoo and she grabbed my arm and she just looked at it really close and like put her wand to it I just said something I was just trying to be cheeky and I just said like I looked at her and just said for the pure bloods and she nodded very very sternly and walked on and I was like what a cool interaction I just had awesome that was the first year doing it in orlando and hit to my knowledge i I was worried that i was going to take away my favorite little quiet place to get away during horror nights and it didn't because it was still that quiet place yeah they were just you could go find a death eater if you wanted to i feel like with as crowded as the place was that was still not that crowded up there it wasn't bad oh it was really great i hope that is here to stay all right, so anything else we want to talk about before we do our house listings? Yeah, let's save the houses for the for the for the okay. finale. So there's a little more to talk about. Let's talk about the Peacock Bar. Peacock Bar was j- they had this location last year. It wasn't called a Peacock Bar. It's a great little bar near Shipyard Thirty Two. Yep, thank you. Near Shipyard Thirty Two. It's a very simple cocktail bar where they have a couple of premixed cocktails, and they have a basic. They have a handful of liquors and a handful of mixers, and you kind of just pick one and one, and they make you a drink. It's a very simple bar, not a full bar, great but, it, place but it's great. If you had a blinky cup to get that refill of your yes. drinks there. Yes, yeah, the pro tip is uh, the way the deal works is if you have a blinky cup and you get a mixed drink like that, they will it's a double shot goes into that for the price that you would pay for a single if you don't have a blinky cup. So the blinky cup almost immediately pays for itself. Highly recommend a Blinky Cup if you're going to go. And they're just cool. And they're they just were, they were really they were very cool, cool this year. year. Yeah, the merch as a whole was very cool this year. But yeah, that, that bar was great. So the big draw with that bar was sometimes you would see David S. Pumpkins. And I did get to see David S. Pumpkins. Yeah, I got pictures of you and Tony talking to David S. Pumpkins. Yeah, I got a picture of a selfie that we took with him too. I'll have to post that with, uh, I'm sure Tony was fine with it. He was very good. It was funny. He, he's hamstringed by the fact that he can only say like the five or six lines David S. Pumpkins says. But that actually makes the interaction great. He was the guy that plays him is phenomenal, phenomenal. David S. Pumpkins. I will say I'm a little disappointed he didn't have the skeleton boys with him. I think that really would have added to it. Hopefully he comes back some year and they do that. But even without that, he was great. He was great to pose with. He was great with the fans. He would take photos, and yeah, he was just very good. He, he you know, he, my interactions with him were him saying the lines. I knew the lines he was allowed to say because I've watched the sketch a hundred times. So I would like purposely set him up to say the lines, and it was just a very fun interaction. You know what I mean? It was very cool. It was really cool just watching, like, and a ton of people knew who he was and were excited to see him because every time he came out, he drew a crowd. He did. Which is what you want. Like, you don't want that to come out and just fall flat. No, it worked. I mean, people were, and he was very great because a bunch of us were standing around him, and he just took turns basically going around the circle of people, making sure they got interaction in a picture, and then he moved on to the next person. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I actually, that, that was a, we actually sat and just had drinks at the Peacock Bar. We just took a seat on the water. Great spot, and it was never overcrowded. The Peacock no. Bar, the fact that we could—you said we had seats by the water—is yeah, that it was and that never was to the point of like overcrowding. There was a night. Uh, I think it was our. We did that a couple nights actually. Yeah, yeah. Was, we did that a couple two nights. nights that we sat there by the water. 
Yeah, our second night of, of the whole event, we actually it was right before the sun was going down. So we just sat there and waited out the sun until it got dark. Then we went back into the scare zones, and it was, yeah, it was, it was great. There was two nights of at least that I remember from the four I was there, I was sitting by the water. So you sat by it many times. Then. Yeah, awesome. I, I and I love taking a little breather like that, especially in that area, right, right out in the water, just kind of relaxing during the hectic horror nights. Peacock Bar gets the big thumbs up for me. Which is also like a, a tip. If you have more than one night, or if you don't care about trying to hit all nights, Take the break, folks. Take a moment. Yep. Grab some food. Grab a drink, alcoholic or not, and take a breather. Going hard all night is just—you will feel it the next day, regardless you will. of your age. Yeah, especially if if you have multiple nights ahead of you, it can be a lot. Or if you're just doing one night and you're in the park all day, like those are long days. Yeah, that's a long. I I don't recommend doing the park all day than going to horror nights. I get it. If your time's limited, your time's limited. You can make it work. You can stick it out. I've, we've we've done it. You can yeah. do it too, but I wouldn't recommend it. But yeah, he was great. I guess we'll, uh, we didn't see Nightmare Fuel. I've never seen that show. It's partially because I like shows. They're not, shows are never my absolute favorite thing to do. I wish I would have seen it. Shame on me for not. I had so many nights there. To be fair, towards the end of that trip, you guys, you hit a wall. Oh, I did. was trying very hard to come out of it and you did a few times but then it was just like man i i have been down here for a while i was beat i was we we we, opening weekend then we flew home and flew back and once we flew back we had we had an an eight night vacation so i was beat i'm not gonna lie i was it took its toll on me it was great i wouldn't trade it for the world but i was tired yeah i mean this is some nights uh, this is First world problems be like oh man oh i know right like like orlando for right 10 days I, i i would it's still the best week of the year. You know yeah. what I mean for me? Don't get me wrong. But yeah, we didn't see Nightmare Fuel. That's a, that's a shame on us. We should have because I heard it was very good this year. I just can't really I can't really comment on it. I have no... We talked about the Peacock Bar. We talked about not seeing Nightmare Fuel. There is a ton of food booths and drinks. What did you experience with food and drink in this trip? Because I only did a few of the food and drink options. Okay, uh, so did I. A lot of people in our group tried different things and... I. You know, I can't really speak too much about those things. Um, I will say, as far as the pre-mixed uh, Halloween-themed cocktails, those aren't my jam. I don't like drinks like that. They're always too sweet, too sugary. I like a mixed drink, but not these pre-mixed cocktails they do there. So I did take a sip of one person's drink. I think it was ghoul juice, and it was exactly what I thought. It just wasn't for me. It was just overly sweet. But they did have a, I will say as far as drinks go, there was a IPA, a uh, by a brewery called Crooked Can. I think it was called Crooked Can Bloody Murder IPA. It was on draft there. Best IPA they've ever had at Horror Nights the few years I've been going. It was a very, very nice beer. It was it was what I drank majority of the time. And as far as food goes, I did get a pizza skull again. They've had this, they had this last year. It's a returning item. Very disappointed this year, unfortunately. Last year it came in a bowl with marinara sauce and like sat in there. This year was just as is, just a pizza, dry pizza skull wrapped in wax paper. Here you go. And I literally got the last one out of like a booth, and I didn't realize that. Like I saw them as they were grabbing. It was the last one. It probably had been sitting there for a little while. I ate it. It was was not. It wasn't terrible, but it was it was just a it was a hot pocket. Don't know. I'd recommend the pizza skull this year. Where last year with the sauce, I would have recommended it. But the big hit this year for for my whole gang was the the peanut butter burger, which none of us expected. I did uh, not try that because I'm like that. That's that's too much for me. So it, it was a, it was a it was a burger that had a, a peanut butter and jelly uh, flavors. The jelly, I believe, was was more in the uh, bun. Peanut butter burger. Yes, peanut butter. It had pickled some kind of 
jalapenos or peppers? It's a smash burger because I pulled up the menu so I talk about this more accurately. A smash burger with a peanut butter, with a peanut sauce, raspberry jelly, cheddar cheese, shaved onions, jalapeno bacon, and a cherry, cherry peppers on a vampire. Cherry burger. peppers. I don't know why this all worked so well. This burger was phenomenal. It was it, clearly very popular because every time people ordered them, there was a line of people waiting to be served them on the, the side. The thing that stood out to me immediately, despite all the wacky flavors, was that the, the meat was seasoned so well. It was very, very good. The actual the actual beef was very good, well seasoned. And all those flavors, the s- salty-sweet combination really worked. And I got multiple. I got them different nights. I, I went back for another one. They were so good. I highly recommend you give it a try. If you're on the fence, just go for it. Uh, I also got the fried Oreos from that booth. They were confetti fried Oreos. They were fried Oreos. I liked them. I didn't need to get them again. I got my pizza fries, as is tradition. Um, and they were as good as always. But I don't really think we tried too, too much else. I did try a few other things that are were not mentioned on that giant pile of stuff. I did the Left Behind Ravioli. Okay. Which was very good. Like, yeah. I am not a big cheese ravioli person. And I'm like, this was... Very well done. How are the mushrooms? At? I'm not a big mushroom guy. I didn't guy, eat so the mushroom part. Okay. Uh, our food buddy friend Steve did. So gotcha. I was like, Steve, mushrooms? He's like, yes, please. And I just poured it on whatever he had. or picked. It. They were like yep. freeze-dried type yeah, things. Yeah. So like, they were easy to get off. Yep. And it came in a cool can, like the Fedra can, yep. which I'm hearing. I don't know if they're out. I've, they're I've heard they're they're out for the year. They're, they're, they've gone through them all. I don't know if that's true. That's just what I I've heard. I hope they're not because I know my cousin's daughter is very looking forward to getting that mm. i have one maybe i'll like just give it to her because it's just gonna sit in my house and i also tried the salt lake city iced coffee how was that i i tend to have my coffee a little on the sweeter side this was too sweet for me mm, i had a bad feeling i tried to tough it out and drink it and i got about a third of the way through it and i was like i can't drink this anymore mm-hmm. boozy coffee drinks are very hit and miss for me and i think they miss more than they hit i look these are i love booze and i love coffee Ah, I just, they, they don't always work well together if it's not done right. That's too bad. And then there was a few of our group that did the popcorn chicken from yes. Chucky's. I heard that was, was good. I, I got a bite of one. It was nice. I did enjoy it. It was uh, like Nashville hot sauce on popcorn chicken. Yeah. It's fried to the end chicken. That That's a good, that's a good pun. Yeah. I, I feel like I would have liked that. I went and got pizza fries the night that you got, because it was right near Louie's. And yeah. I went and got, got my pizza fries while, while the rest of the gang got that. My second order. I got pizza fries twice this event. You yeah, got pizza fries, and I got a giant slice of pizza. Mm. Louis pizza is fine. Yeah, it's good park pizza. Not bad at all. I mean, it's like it's mall pizza. pizza. Yeah, it's, it's good. Bad. Okay, so that's that's really all we did for food this year. Food's good enough for me. Yeah, there. I, it's it's never. An, I'm never. Look, you know, this is not Epcot Food Festival food. It's theme, you know, it's 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 definitely lesser than, but it's not it's trying to be theme park food. Yes, like, it's, it's themed theme park food. So you got to just pick and choose your battles. But if you stick to what you think you might like, you'll probably be happy. Yeah, get the blinky cup. That thing paid for itself. Get the blinky cup for sure, and it's just a great souvenir, great cheap souvenir. It's a great souvenir, and then I got the cup holder that you technically, I mean, you can't put the blinky cup in it, but it's made for cups that have lids. Yeah, ca- not carrying around a blinky cup and having a cup holder on my shoulder made that. It's nice. Yeah, so you don't have to better. worry about carrying it. Yep. Before we get into the houses, the last thing I want to talk about is the tribute store and the merch. Uh, the tribute store this year was absolutely amazing. Loved the tribute store this year. It was themed like a comic book store in upstate New York. So, fun fact, I don't know if you know this. So, halfway through the tribute store, you walk through the hallway, and it's all comics. Yes. Those are all employees. They are based on employees that work there. The comics... 
the comics themselves because there's a person I follow. Wait, on the walls, you mean? Yes. There's no, a, so that's... There's okay. a hallway in separating the two parts of the store. Yep. There's a whole wall of comics. Yes. There are people there that work, that are employees are there because there's a person I follow on Instagram called Ren, Vamp Ren, and she has a comic. She works for Universal in a... Yeah, but that's oh, yeah. not no, that's not how that works. So anybody could have their photo on those. It's anybody? I thought it was all employees only. No, you pay that you give them a photo and you pay and you can have yourself on one of those comics. Oh, I wonder is, yeah. it, is it a mixture yeah. of both then? Because I had seen other employees make comments that they're on there. So that's yeah. just because they did it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's just because they did the same route that everybody else can. Yeah, Either way, that's still I, I thought really about well oh, it's very cool. So they always have they always have something in that hallway that you can customize and put your face on. That's how that hallway always works. Oh, okay. This year, I think, was the coolest year because it was it was five different covers for comic books, and you could put yourself or a pet, if you wanted, on them. And then when the event's over, they're going to actually mail you your comic. Oh, man. Yeah. I almost did it. I almost did it. I think it, and it wasn't unreasonable. I think it was under $100. I think it was $80. I, I, I really thought about right it. There. I really thought about it as a souvenir. I wish I would have. It would have been. It would have been a fun thing to do. Yeah, that's how that's how it worked this year. But the trivia store was amazing. Like, what did you end up taking home for merch? I was surprisingly reserved this year. I was worried I was going to spend too much money. All I got for merch this year, I got the the cup holder sling, the see you in the fog. Um, I, I, well, I, technically, yeah, I picked that up. I I so it's the same design on my uh, my snapback hat, which is funny. I bought my snapback hat online before the event this year, so I technically I do have that too. And I bought one T shirt. In a bl- you know, Blinky Cups. Yeah. Um, but I bought one T-shirt. With, I bought the Scare Zone T-shirt. It's got Oddfellow's face, and then he's overlooking, like, all the Scare Zones, and it has a monster from every Scare Zone. That was a cool one. It's a, ver- it's a black and red aesthetic. It was very cool, very Halloween. I wanted to buy more, and I was on the fence, and I decided that I didn't need more than one souvenir. Well, I, three, really. But. Yeah. I did the Blinky Cup and the holder, and then I got uh, Last of Us, like, Pint Glass, I got two, one for me and one for my brother, who's a huge Last of Us fan. Very cool. Get to come down. And as I was checking out in the line, they had the annual, they had some annual pass merch and the Dueling Dragons candle. Mm. And I am a sucker for candles. It smelled way too good not to get. And it's a wood wick and I love them. Nice. And I got the annual pass pin this year, which is Dueling Dragons. I did not get it. I I know you did. It's okay. I. I probably should have. It's probably the one piece I probably should have grabbed. I mean, but we have friends who are down there. Who can get we do it. have friends down there who I want to do that. Yeah. I especially since like I this will probably be the only time I'm an annual pass holder for a very long time. Yeah, my, my annual pass is currently has has expired. I am I'm no longer a universal annual pass holder. That might change in the future, but I don't have a trip planned for a while. So yeah, the tribute store was great. It was set up like a comic book store. There were there were panels to read throughout the shop. You actually went through Boris Schuster's office. Or the Schuster Brothers office, I should say. A um, little bit of HHN lore character there. So that was really cool. They had this effect in there where it looked like it was raining inside. It was all all just lights. It was a light effect. And you could see the rain coming down on the walls. And they even had a projection on the floor where you could see it splashing. And it was amazing. Really cool effect. The tribute store was awesome. Yeah, they, they do them very well every year. And even yep. the one not in the park, the little one that's on the other, that's in Islands of Adventure. All Hallows Eve Boutique yeah. over at really uh, Islands, cool. yeah. Very, Very well cool. Yep. Okay. Well, all right. Well, with that, let's get into the grand finale. Let's rank our the houses from this the, year. The official ranking of the Fitz and Chip HHN 32. First ever. First of many. All right. Let's go. I know we have the same number 10. Yeah. I don't know any other numbers you have, but I know we have the same number 10. 
Oh, Sorry. Chucky. Sorry, Chucky fans. Oh, I just, Chucky. I did not enjoy this house. Chucky, you in, in the, the pre-HHN season, you went from a house I didn't really care about to a house I was very excited about to a house I don't really care about. I don't know if it's just because like I have no history or love or dislike for Chucky. But then like when we found out what it was supposed to be, like, oh, Chucky takes over the house that's tribute to him. I'm like, oh, this is, that could potentially be cool, like going through and killing stuff. I did not need to see t- as many TVs playing TV the screens. scenes that we may be watching live happen. Yeah. And also, it is was unfortunately in... Fast and Furious Fast Q. and Furious, which you already don't want to be in at all. Yeah. Let's just... Quick disclaimer, as always, scare actors were phenomenal. This is not a knock on the scare actors in that house. This isn't a knock, this isn't a knock on anybody. Nope. It just... I don't know. It just wasn't for us, I guess. Um, yeah. I don't I don't really know what to say. It just didn't... I was never... I know it, some houses are fun and less, less scary and more fun. I never had any sense of apprehension or fear or even a fear of a jump scare at all in this house. I walked through it like, I don't want to say I was bored, but there's this feeling of just like, oh, I'm just kind of walking and just going through the motions. Let me just get to the end of this house. That rarely happens in a house for me. It just felt like it was like just walking through and looking at some some cool sets and that was it. I don't really know what else to say. We've, we've gone over you know, what this house was going to be like multiple episodes at this point, so... I think we can just leave it there. It just wasn't my favorite house. It was. I had so fun much, going through it enough. It was so much not my favorite house, which I, I just, I guess, assume this is the location now because it's the second year I've been in a spot where the house is. Mm. There was a split halfway through the house that makes you feel like this may be the end, and it's not the end. And yep. I realized that there was still more to this house, and I got visibly like, oh, I have to walk through more of yeah, this. Yeah, and that's pretty telling. It just wasn't great. Just wasn't great for us. I hope that you know, your mileage may vary, and I hope it does. And yeah, I mean, there were some people that really enjoyed this house, and like there are people in our group who was like, oh, "I didn't think it was as bad as that." And that's great. Which look, we are we, not the types to 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 argue. Oh, you don't agree with my opinions? Like, nope. If you like it, that is awesome. I wish I had that experience too. Good for you. Yeah, we're not the be all end all of horror. No, night. this is just two humble podcasters' mm-hmm. opinions. Yeah. Now I think our list is going to vary greatly from this point on, and I do want to say I think. It's safe to say from this point on, I I really enjoyed all the houses. My number nine, I will say, I didn't I didn't love either. I liked it a lot yeah, more I, than Chucky, but I every single other house I enjoyed, even the ones that I was legitimately afraid in. Yep, because there were a few that legitimately. Made I me love that for you. Year. That makes me excited. That makes me happy. That's, that's right. fun. What is your number nine? Uh, you want me to go first with nine? Yeah, this I mean this is more your event than me. So. Okay. All right, my number nine was Dueling Dragons. Wow. I know. I know this was your number one anticipated house. It I, was. I, I, I have I, a feeling you like you liked it a lot more than I did. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal. The set the sets were very good. The sets were very awesome. My issue with this house, I think I, I never feel like I got a great run through. I did it three times. The idea, you know, there were the sets were very, very good. And I do like all the nods to, to the old queue from the original ride. I think that was great. There was basically, basically, there was a few more, but there were basically two scare actors, two types of scare actor. There was the fire warlock and the ice warlock, and I didn't love their costuming, and the whole house was just basically the two of them popping out at me, and then at the end, the actual dragon portion were two stationary dragons, just just models of dragons, basically. They were very cool looking, but there was never a dragon puppet, unless I missed them, ever popping out at me. And then the end, the choose thy fate, 
was a little underwhelming because it didn't really make a difference. It was it was the last 15 feet of the house you would choose. It would be different. And either a dragon one or Merlin one. But it wasn't really for... It was four endings, but it, all it was was there was Merlin telling you you won or a warlock holding Merlin's head. And it was identical on either side, just a different warlock. So that little gimmick part kind of fell flat for me also. Yeah, it, I mean, it... It didn't make my top five from where I thought this house was going to be. It was still, the set was amazing and all the stuff. Yep. I just, I troubled to understand the story. And I, this is the house that I probably did most this trip. Yeah. And like every time, like I'm trying to understand what's actually happening. It was just, the, it was the, hard. There's two warlocks were just dueling. That, the, and through, random through the people house, and died. You random. see a random warlock of one color or another do an effect. Yep. It just, it wasn't. I enjoyed going through. I never felt like, oh, I don't want to go through that house. Like, I always enjoyed oh, my yeah. walk through. There were houses I'm like, I, I'm done going through. This was not on that list. But it just, you know, there was a really cool part where there was a dead princess hanging out of a window. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, I liked that part. And then you go into the actual Merlin wood, like, tavern at the beginning. Like, the, the big Merlin as a tree. That was a really cool, like, facade going in. Um, but then from that point on, the house just got worse, I think, unfortunately. It was like the great entrance set piece was cool. And then from there on, nothing else really wowed me. Yeah, I I guess the whole like calling it doing dragons and then not seeing a dragon till this like almost the second to second to last, the third to last room of the house, kind of not great. Like I yeah. didn't expect to see him from the beginning, but right. I expect to see more dragons. You know, and my first walkthrough, I kind of missed them. At the last second, I looked up, I was like, oh, the dragons are right here. You know, they just weren't as big of a set piece as, as they were a big set piece. Don't get me wrong, but they weren't in your face. They were just they were the core. Yeah, you know, still a very fun house, but still a very fun house. It is my number nine. My number nine is a uh, Yeti Campground Kills. Okay, I enjoyed this house, but it was a very campy house. That pun was very much intended. Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought so. Yep. It was cool. I th- the problem is is I enjoyed every one of these houses, and even the ones that scared me. I'm like trying to be more rational in my thought and not just being like fanboyish like yeah and i i yeti campgrounds was a it was a fun house to go through yeah the few times we went through it it was a fun house to go through and i'm loving all the videos of people on twitter because they have when they change the scare actors they're wearing giant black cloak cloaks so you don't realize who's what but the bear is just walking as it's a the bear, bear. hhn people, bear yeah and people are losing their minds every time they see the, the new cast member change the bear people and, love hhn bear he was, he was actually a great scare in the house. Yeah, it was it's great. We'll just talk about it now entirely because that's where you, that's where you have it. I like this house um, a fair amount. I just think it was very fun. Um, I got scared a couple of times. I had a couple of good jump scares in this house, um, but it's a different kind of scare. It was never like a like you really got me scared. It's just like a you 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 scream and laugh at the same time kind of because they're all all kind of silly and goofy. One of my favorite little bits that came out of this for me was they they told us in, in the the podcasts um, from the Universal put out leading up to it that it's a whole family of Yeti. So there was also a baby Yeti we would, we knew was going to be featured in the house. So I found the baby Yeti my first run, and he, he has been killed by the campers. He's dead, and his, like, charred body is, like, on the ground, which is, like, morbid sounding, but it's yeah. all, like, tongue-in-cheek and kind of funny. And I, I laughed really hard because I was like, oh, my God, that's what they did with the baby Yeti. Like, it's yeah. just not what you would expect. And every time we went through with a new person, I was like, hey, look for the baby Yeti. Tell me when you find it. And 
some people would just would miss it or some people would see it and they would just lose it because they were like I was telling them hey look for that bit and they're like oh my god it's there it is it's a, just so a, did they say in the podcast that the I don't know if it's like they did spoiler stuff is that the reason why the Yetis are like I don't think so up? I think that like I think I think part of it I didn't go through enough times to really get all of it but I know that there was a missing child named Billy because their scare actors asking if you've seen Billy and I think the Yeti like ate one of their kids and then. They killed. It just this escalation event yeah. of people versus the Yeti. It was a fun house. It was the fun. Few times I'm like, man, this is. I know I'm making it sound morbid. It was very more tongue in cheek and silly. And, and then, fun. like, especially like once you've gone through and you hear the Billy, like people started joining and be like yelling, Billy. This is a very this is a very personal joke for only a few uh, people who know a particular movie. But one of the scare actors at the very beginning, he busts out and his arm is missing. Um, like a, a Yeti ripped off his arm, and we're going through uh, with my our friend Jordan. We're both big Shaun of the Dead fans. And as soon as the guy pops out without his arm, we both yelled, oh, he's got an arm off, which is the line directly out of Sean. But we both at the same time yelled that. And that just became the joke of that house is he's got an arm off guy at the beginning. <laughs> Fun house. All right. So what do you want me to do? My number eight? Uh, we'll go back and forth this way. Uh, sure. Let's do your number eight. Then. Good. Because we already talked about it. Okay. I put Dueling Dragons at eight. Wow. I'm sorry, bud. Again, I enjoyed it. But like. This was a year that we thought quite a lot of things were going to move, and Dueling and Dragons moved very much for oh, me. Oh, that's a bummer. I still enjoyed it. I sure. went through it so, like three sure. times. Yep. I was like, it's still a cool house. But I would was, walk through it right now, given the opportunity yeah, in a heartbeat. Just that many better houses. Yes, I think that's fair to say. Like, we're knocking this house a little bit, but it's because the other, a lot of the houses were just so good this year. Yeah. Yep. All right. My number eight. My number eight is Stranger Things. Ooh. Yeah. Again, I want to be clear. I really liked this house. I had a lot of fun going through it. My problem, I learned, this is the thing I think I learned about myself when it comes to Horror Nights. Something with IPs, Some one of my problems with IPs is that it is very cool to see the things I expect to see, but I get to see the things I expect to see. And I don't know, I don't think that's a problem. I think that's fine. It's just that I went through Stranger Things, a bunch of cool scenes played out in front of me from the show, and that's what I thought I was going to get. I don't, I don't, I don't know that sounds negative. It's just, it's just, I'd rather turn a corner to the unknown. I don't know how, how to describe it. It's just, I saw a lot of Vecna and it was cool, but it was just what I expected. Yeah. You know, there the, the was one great effect, the upside down effect with Dustin in the ceiling. I don't know if you ever caught that. Yeah. It was the coolest part of the house for me because I love a cool effect. You actually look up and you can see the part where they, they, they tie the, you know, the, the bed sheets and, and they drop into the upside down. That was done very well. I, I enjoyed that part, and I also enjoyed what you had to look quickly, watching Eleven Me too. Put, make him into Vecna and push my him second, through the portal. I agree. I was going to talk about that, too. Like, yep. that part was really cool. Yep, they used, like, a light effect to make it look like, uh, you know, he was being he was going into the upside down. I mean, they did also have, like, Running Up the Hill playing. They had yep. Metallica Master of Puppets. I'm disappointed with that scene. I, I, I'm sure yeah. there's a reason. I bet there's some legal reason I don't understand. But the part with Eddie on the roof of the trailer, Eddie and Dustin... It was very cool, but for some reason, Eddie, it doesn't seem like he's allowed to play the guitar in that scene. Yeah. The guitar is in the scene against the wall, but he's not holding it, playing it. Yeah, I thought that was weird, too. And I, like, I, 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 I actually think there's some weird legal reason with the song and with Metallica. I don't know if I can say their name. I mean, this isn't monetized, so. Yeah. I think that they're just, I think something is a weird thing with like, nope, he can't be playing a he can't be playing the licks of, of that of that song live because I, I don't know. 
I just thought that was a weird misstep. Or and I, there's definitely a reason because why wouldn't Universal Creative would definitely have him playing the guitar? Yeah, if they had given their way. Um, yeah, there was a few scenes in there that I was like questioning why there was in there. I tell you one thing: I was glad was not in that house. Anything involving Russia? Yeah, I actually some people didn't complain about that. Um, I'm glad it wasn't there either. It would have just been too jarring. It was just this. The best story arc of that season was the Vecna, and that's what we got. And yeah. I actually think that is correct. At the very end, sometimes they would have the Demogorgon hiding at the end of the house. Oh, yeah. Which is funny because it was a good scare. But given that they didn't even touch Russia, it made no sense at all. They yeah. were literally, oh, we have this costume from another year. Let's just throw it at the end to give one last jump scare, which I'm actually okay with. I don't have a problem with it. It's just a little silly. Well, yeah, especially because it's like technically... After that, you walk out of the last section of the house. Yeah, it's so not even in, in a like, themed area. Yeah. It's just in, in the curtain exit way. You know what I mean? So It was but, fun. But that is kind of fun, that one last scare. You think you're through it. So that brings me us to my number eight, then? Yes. Oh, no, I said my number eight was Dueling Dragons. Well, let's do your number seven, then. This is what I mean by I'm trying to look at this more objectively than versus just, like... Mm-hmm. It's a tough year to rank. Because, well, no, because, like, I've seen people rank this house lower just because they don't like stuff. My number seven is Oddfellow. Okay. And I have been very adamant about not liking clowns. Yep. And peop- there was, I've seen, with a ton of people I've seen online be like, don't like clowns, number 10 automatically. And I'm like, I can't. Yeah. I can't do that. That's good that you didn't do a that. good right. house. And it's based off the host of the event, the icon of the season. But I generally, you, you went with me at this house. I was not. I'm like, this is yeah. not. Yeah. No, you look like you were having a tough time in there. Yeah. It, it was a. I didn't think this house was just going to be... I even said in the previous podcast, this isn't going to be scary clowns. It's going to be old. No, it was a lot of scary clowns. Yeah, there was a lot of scary clowns. A lot of scary clowns. And they were very scary clowns. Some of them in particular stand out to me still. I can still picture some of them. The one with the hand on his head. That guy scared me a bunch of times. The severed head and body and I went trick. more than once with my dislike of clowns because people just kept wanting to do it. And after the second time, I was like, I gave... I did it twice. I do not need to walk through this house again. I'm good. So it was cool doing a second time with you and you pointing out a lot of that was fun. I really enjoyed that yeah. actually. Yeah, all the little Jack references. So I did. I don't want to get into it too much, but I did the um, unmasking the horror tour, and this is one of the houses I got. So I got to see where all the Jack the Clown references were, and it was fun to go through during the actual event and and you know quickly try and point them out without you know holding up the line to everybody. Yeah, that'll um, definitely have to be a separate episode at this point, considering how long this yes, one's yes, going to run. Yes, yes, this will be a long-winded one. But yeah, yep, that's a, that's a fine place to put that house. I, I like that house a lot. Oddfellow was great when we did get to see him in that house. And it was cool, like, especially at nighttime when we went up to it the first time. Ooh, they had yeah. the lights outside that make it look like that old-timey circus That was tent. a really cool effect, yeah. It's a white tent. It's one of the sprung tent houses, and they had the, the striping projected on the tent to make it look like a circus tent. Very cool effect. Okay. I guess that brings us to my number seven. Yep. All right. Here is where things get dicey. My number seven is The Last of Us. I know. I wow. know. I know. I, I actually really enjoyed this house. I really did. It's crazy that you, how much you enjoyed this house and it's number seven tells you how crazy of a year of good houses this was. That's how I feel. I really liked this house. It was so many fun references to The Last of Us. Hearing the voices of Joel and Ellie in the house was great. I don't know that I ever got a really good run-through, if I'm going to be honest. The house, again, it's a, I think this is a me problem. The house just showed me what I thought I was going to see for the most part. And that's great. That's what I wanted to see. But nothing ever surprised me in the house, really. It was just, it was very good. 
it was just there was clickers and there were there were bloaters and 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 infected and Joel and Ellie and then that's it. And I don't think that's a bad thing. It's just it's just how this house went for me. There was a cool effect with the spores. That was a really cool highlight of the house for me. Uh, this is also one I did for Unmasking the Horror, so I can talk more about it there. Yeah, it's just all the way at number seven for me, and, and, and I enjoyed think it. that you did the Unmasking Horror helped or hurt your score? Helped, I'll be honest with you. There was some cool, it, it made me appreciate some of the stuff a lot more. It really did. It's not seven because it's a bad house. It's just seven because I think I'm just kind of, I skew to the originals more, I think. And I also skew to things that actually I'm learning, you know, I'm still kind of new to the event. Things that scare me. I actually tend to get a little higher on my list. I, I'm at that same point, too, because there are houses I thought would be way lower based on it, but the houses that scared me are actually higher than I, I expected I like, them to I like be. to have high anxiety going through a house, and Last of Us never really gave me that, and that's not a knock on it. It was so cool. Maybe I was so enraptured with looking at the sets because I played the video game that the, the scary factor was kind of gone. I was more just excited as a nerd to be in that house. Oh, I got gut a few times in the run. I, ha- I also think I had a really really good run of this house like oh, that's when we good. went with Tonio and Owen then nice. we got a really good walkthrough of this house very cool I mean it was funny it was the first house I did of the whole event opening night and here's how good okay I just talk about this the event was so good this year the houses were so good for me that I walked through that as my first house and my whole group said holy crap that house was unbelievable how is it going to get better than that that was my first takeaway. And it ranked seven in your and list. And it landed at seven. And I don't think, I still think my feelings walking out of the house the first time are correct. I, yeah. We, we amazing. Walked, we walked out of that house when we waited an hour and a half to get into that house because the way for it was always bad. And we just like, it was getting late. And we're like, we're just, this is going to be the last house we do it tonight. So we waited for it. Yep. And we walked out of that house and we're like, that was worth every moment I waited to do that house. Yep. Agreed. House is great. Yep, the music going into the house was amazing. Oh, hearing it, it was one of my favorite queue. parts. Yep. Though it did make me sad, completely unrelated, that that line queue was the same as weekend. So I was like, I remember what a party it was in this area last year. To not have this Very different. Year, very different. Opposite, even. Yeah. All right. right. What is your... Did you do your seven already? My seven was Oddfellow. Gotcha. Okay, so... Um, all right, we'll do my six because it's an easy one. My six we already talked about was Stranger Things. Okay. Well, my number six was Yeti Campground Kills, which we already okay. talked about. So... I don't know if there's too much to... How do you feel about Stranger Things? I enjoyed it. As someone who finished it right before we went down, like literally Tuesday night packing before my flight down Wednesday, I finished season four. There were parts of it that I was like, I understand why you made the choices that you made in this set. Yeah. Other parts I was like, I, why is this Why is this part here? Like in the final scene of Vecna, and the only one you see is Robin holding a Molotov cocktail. Flambe. Like... That's her voice line. Yeah. I, I kind of got stuck there and she came up multiple times one night and I was just like, yep, Bombay. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Like that it, scene could have been I, really cool. Did we not see Steve or Nancy at all in the house? I can't <laughs> I, from my memory. I remember a Nancy, I'm pretty sure, looking like an absolute Dime? bad mamma jamma. Nope. Trying to keep this family friendly. Bad I, mamma jamma looking yeah. like like a like an absolute boss with uh Ridley from Alien Vibes. Oh, Nan- Nancy is becoming Ripley. Such a well-developed character for that she's show. She's great, yeah. Big fan. Yep, she's very cool. Yeah, I think that's fair. And then, yeah, we already talked about Yeti Campground Kills. Um, we talked at length about it, so I don't think I have any more to, to add. Yeah. yeah they well, were both great houses. Like, Yep, we're, we're in the very, very good territory here. Yeah, like, if we were to also try and like rank the ones we did last year, I 
feel like vast majority of this year would still outrank the houses we did last year. Yep. There were more houses I really enjoyed this year versus last year. All right. So we are officially in top five top territory. Five. All right. I Let's see. What's your top five, Fitz? My number five is Exorcist. That's my number five. Uh, this house scared me so many times. This house ruled. And we walked into it like, eh. It's going to be a trailer for a house, uh, basically. How good like, can this how, house like, be? Like, blah, no blah, blah, blah. this movie. And I like everybody to, else. I'm not going to see the movie because I, one, am scared of the house. I don't imagine I'm not going to be scared of the movie. And also just continue with my sure terrible idea of just never seeing a Blumhouse movie so that has a house based on What's it. interesting, counterpoint, I am going to see this movie, and I'm going to see this movie because of this house. I don't know what better compliment I can pay it. We... I did it twice with you, and you obviously did it more times than that because you yep. did all 10 houses opening night and stuff like that. I love this house. There were so many random scares that got that you get gut, and yep. I'm like... The effects, the sound design, the, the the actors and actresses. This house was amazing. This is the effect they used this year. They probably used it last year. I just don't remember it. Where you'll be, there'll be a solid wall, not a drop-down scare. It's a solid wall, and then it becomes transparent with lighting. I don't know how they do it. It's like there's like a screen effect. And there is one scare in this house where you're walking through a hallway and the walls are solid and all of a sudden they become transparent and you can see through them and there's a girl on each side banging against the wall. And it got me and some of my friends almost every time going through because you forget because it looks like a solid wall and the the walls just vanish before your eyes and and the scare actors are are up against the wall. And awesome. The chair scenes and the people hiding scenes. in the corners. Yep. Like, there's so many parts of this house where you legitimately got gut, and it is way more frightening than I expected it to be. Yeah, agreed. Hats off to all the people that worked in that house, man. Yeah, absolutely. It was just, they just knocked it out of the, especially because everybody, this was the underdog. No one was excited about this house, let's be real. I listened to a bunch of other podcasts, just all kinds of all kinds of bloggers and things. Nobody was excited for this house. And they were like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Just wait till you see what we have. It almost sleeve. felt like they came out with a vengeance and good for them because they crushed it. Loved that house. Loved that location. There's something about waiting in that line. Just to, to nothing, nothing about the exorcist. Just that line, the one that's right in front of the big, uh, the big stage. I don't know. There's something about that line that just like feels. It's because of my first Horror Nights line ever, actually. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. it was Ghostbusters. It's in that location where Ghostbusters was years ago. It just, I, I love waiting in that line, as weird as that is. Walking through that, that you know, the, 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 the fake grassy, you know, patch in front of that stage. Yeah, I, I, think it, I love that. It's just, I you can just see. Because you're still, you're in, not that the other ones aren't in the park, but you're so off the Yeah, you're, you're the in park. the heart you're, of the event. You're in, like, back area spots that you never walk in unless you were doing a Horror Nights house. You're still in the middle of Horror Nights. They have the yeah. screens playing that's showing you all the trailers of stuff. Yep. I love it. I love that location. Probably my favorite location of all, all the houses. Yep. Yeah. So what's your number four there, Chip? We already talked about my number four, so this oh. is this works out. My number four was Oddfellows Twisted Origins. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I love this house. I love that it was one of the behind you know, behind the screams tour house. So I got to really see all the cool effects, the history of Jack and Oddfellow. Oddfellow was amazing. One of the, my the better scares of the whole event. I got double scared in this house. Uh, only once, because I, I, now I knew where they were, and I was kind of cautious of them. There's a double scare where there's a lion who pops out on your right-hand side as a puppet. Very good puppet of a lion. Pops out, and he scares you, so you move to the left, 
And then on your left, there's a huge minotaur who comes out. Uh, and he's huge. And you're like, oh, lion, lion to my right. And then you run to your left, and there's a huge minotaur man who's looming over you. And it was just such a good one-two punch. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. I In my head, randomly, just pops up the beginning of the clown being like, welcome to Oddfellows. Yep. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, it was very creepy. At the end, the last room where you see Oddfellow in the, the green glowing room, you know, he's up on, on the stage. I only caught this perfect timing once, unfortunately. But if you hit that room perfectly, Oddfellow is up there and he, he gives some dialogue. And one of the last things he, he says, like, now kill them. And then two scare actors pop out of the walls to theoretically to kill you at his command. And I only hit that right once, but when I did now understood, it was such a cool, f- like, because you go and you're kind of, like, enthralled by Oddfellow, and you're like, oh, I, all right, like, he's charismatic, I kind of want to follow this guy, you know, you kind of feel like, oh, I'm on Team Oddfellow, let's go. And it just shows, nope, he doesn't care about you. It's, it, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors, and it's really, really cool. Like, I just thought it was a cool moment for him. And he's, that's, Jack's in the box at the end, right? Jack is dead at, oh, being stuffed in the box at the very end. I thought I saw something that people are saying that the he's standing on a box at the end that has Jack's body in it, or something about a box of Jack's body. At the so end. Th- there is a Jack in the box on the wall. That's that's Jack's box. Now there's another scene where they're stuffing a body into a small box. I don't believe I could be wrong. I don't I don't know actually, but I don't believe that is Jack being stuffed into that small box okay. in, in in the live scene. You do see you do see Oddfellow via a silhouette if you know where to look killing jack and then you do see jack's jack in the box but it's it's really more of just like a, a wall they kind of built it into the wall but i don't yeah i know what you're talking i don't believe that actual part is jack but it is very very cool it is kind of an origin house for two characters at the twisted origins right it's origins yep. it is odd fellow and jack's origin tied into the same night which is pretty cool very very cool lore house my number four is universal's monsters unmasked this is very interesting I'll just say this because it's easier. It's my number three. Okay, so this works out great for us to talk about it right now. This is very interesting. Universal Monsters House. Well, you it's your, you yeah. go. Tell me about it. I really enjoyed this house. I did not... Exp- I mean, I didn't listen to the podcast, so I had no expectations going into this other than knowing the four monsters that are being in it. Yep. I did not expect as much Phantom of the Opera in this house. that there was, It was Phantom Heavy. Yeah. Which I'm not... I could see some people wanting to complain. I love Phantom. I, I love Phantom. But I, I guess if you're doing a house with that many classic monsters to me, yep. I would like other ones. It doesn't have to be like 25% for each one. But it felt right. like it was like 65, 60, yep. 60, 65% of the house was Phantom of the Opera and the other Invisible Man and then a very tiny amount, Dr. Jekyll and yep. Hunchback. And what's interesting is, you know, it was a lot of Phantom and I love Phantom. But those moments we saw the other three monsters, they're all awesome moments. So it is a bummer we didn't see more of them. It's almost like it, it could go either way. I'd like to see more because they were phenomenal. But perhaps using them sparingly is what made yeah. them so cool when they did show like up. I don't know. Like seeing the on the bell tower and like having that hanging thing coming yeah, down. Yeah, he had a so great cool. effect where he's got a bungee cord and he actually leans down and, and, and jumps down at you. And it comes from above. Uh, that, that's my favorite moment of the yeah. whole house. It, it is. And Arm, seeing Dr. Arm. Jekyll murder someone and then go back to uh, being, I mean, Mr. Hyde murder someone and him going back to being Dr. Jekyll and being like, it wasn't my fault. Yep. Very cool. The Invisible Man portion was a little interesting. That kind of had this effect where it was almost like this Tesla coil effect that he had on so you could kind of see him. And they have a room where there's like six of him 
and they flash in sequence and almost as if to mimic his movement around the room so you can kind of see him moving. I thought that was kind of cool, but that is followed by a version of him that's hiding in the wall slash ceiling and he does one of the reach down scares at you. I got the absolute, I got scared by him. You should have been wearing your brown pants. I should have been wearing my brown pants. He scared me so much the first time. Like he came very close to my face, which I appreciate to be honest with you. I'm not complaining about that. Scared me so good. My second walkthrough, I usually don't do this. I usually kind of get lost in my own head. I remembered where he was and I was like, ooh, I'm not going to let him do that again. I got very scared. So I literally crouch walked through that section. He leaned out to his waist to reach down and still scare me. And it was so awesome of that scare actor to do that because I was like seriously crouch walking. I was like, I do not want his hand in my face. And he was like, oh, really? I'll get you down there. And he leaned. My friend even laughed. He's like, did you see how far he came out at you? And I was like, yeah, I noticed. He was gunning for me. It was awesome. It was a very well, the sets for it were amazing. Walking into like that old timing. Mean, yeah, I loved walking into through the, um, the catacombs. And what I love is I personally love having like the watchman up there. Oh, being like, that was awesome. He's yep. on the loose, get off the streets. Like It was so cool. There's also a little twist on Phantom this year. Well, not this year, this version. So this this these version of the Universal Monsters is kind of like an HHN exclusive version. They put slightly different twists on these monsters. The different twist with Phantom is that instead of wearing the white opera mask, he was cutting people's faces off and making opera masks out of them. So that was very, very creepy. Very different take. There's actually one of those wall effects where the wall disappears, like I described for Exorcist. And you could see he had a wall of different masks made from faces stuck to the wall. It was very creepy. There's no scare actor to pop up, but it was just, here's all my masks, and it was just bloody faces. Really creepy. Phenomenal Monsters House. Monsters continues to knock it out of the park. Yeah, it was a very well done house. So glad it came out as good as it did. So wait, we have your number three? Yes. Okay. What was your number three? Right, because we, we, this was... This was... This was your... Wait, was this your number four? This is my number four. And this was my number three. Yes. So do so your number three. My number three. My number three was Darkest Deal. Okay. Interesting. I really liked this house. It was such a cool premise and walking through and seeing the, the evolution of him becoming famous, but also all the bad things that happened to him. Yeah. It, it was a, just such a, a well-done house. This was also... This is my third uh, Unmasking the Horror House I got to go through. Also, I have some cool pictures I'll, I'll post as well. Yeah. Wait, did this, is this, this, this is obviously higher. This so. is higher up on my list. So, right, so we, won't, we won't say anything right yet. So we'll get there when we get um, there. But yeah, it was it was a very enjoyable house to walk through. I liked the little outside set. Basically walking into like an old, like a rundown nightclub. Yeah. Seeing, walking in and seeing the deal of the devil. Or not the devil, because they don't call it the devil. The collector. Yeah. It, yeah. Very similar to, you know, the devil as we know him in popular media. So this puts us at... Are both of ours two and one then? Yeah. So I bet I know what you. Okay, I think I know your number one at this point. We'll go with my number two, I guess. Okay. My number two was Blood Moon Dark Offering, which I don't think is your number two. It is my number two. Interesting. My number two was Dark Moon. Very cool. Yeah. This was this. This is my number two. This could be my number one. There's a me on lot a of people day. that do not like this house and have it ranked so low, and I, so interesting. I don't to me. understand it. Maybe it's because they did change the dialogue by the time I saw it. So some people may have had yep. the first version of dialogue that they didn't enjoy. But the way this house was set up and everything about it, I'm like, this is so cool yeah. and so well done. It was a very gory house. 
which I like sometimes. It gives that real horror sense. This is one of those houses that's scary to me because it's not a bunch of monsters that my brain goes like, ah, that's not what a real threat is. It's just people, cultists, who want to kill me. And that is closer to reality. So that's a little scarier to me. Um, there's this great set piece when you first walk in. You see the blood moon itself, which I was hoping for. We got that creepy old New England village set. That, Beautiful. That might also be part of why we love it so much, though, because we are from this area. So seeing it quasi-represented. Yeah, like, I think that's fair. There's a, there's one of the, uh, they do these scares every so often where there's a bunch of mannequins in a room and some of them are scare actors. There's actually two rooms back to back pretty much like this in this house and they both work. There's a chapel scene where there's a bunch of people sitting in pews and you don't know which of them are going to be real. And I, that, that really worked. It was like, you realize you walk in and your brain figures out, oh, I have to walk through this gauntlet right now and I don't know who's going to get up and move at me. And then right after that room, there's a second room where they're all just standing around in their robes and you don't know which ones are going to move. And it was like, oh, I thought I was through this part. It was a really yeah, it cool was one, very, too. I, I enjoyed both times walking through this house. and Yeah. This this could, this is my number two, but it's so close between this and my number one. Catch me tomorrow. This could be my number one. Yeah, uh, to be, I'm, I'm kind of the same way with my top three. Like, these could change any day of the week if you're talking to me. I literally, up until the moment we were recording and during recording, was changing lists in the house and how I wanted it, how yep. I was feeling. Phenomenal house. Yeah. Phenomenal, Phenomenal year. Like, yeah. such a great year. Oh, this is both yeah. of our number two, huh? Yeah. Interesting. All right. Love that. Yeah. Also, a quick shout out to the the bell tower character who was up in the bell, who would ring the bell up in the tower. You could see him from multiple angles. I love something like that where you kind of have this, you kind of have this centering point. Like, up oh, there's the bell tower again. You'd see it from multiple sides. Very, very cool effect. He was ringing the bell to, to let the cultists know it was time to sacrifice everybody. It was very, very cool effect. Okay, that brings us to our number ones. Fitz, what you, you know my number one is. I do. Because yep. you've been keeping t- tally just like I have. Yep. I think it's because I got like a near-perfect run of it, but Last of Us is my number one house. Yep, That that's great. I, I'm so I, glad it, it's, I, it held up for you. I walked into that and got blown away of like the beginning part of Detroit and the memories came back of playing the game mm-hmm. and being Joel and absolutely murdering everyone in that area because yep. every one of those people I typically and we've played the last of us game you're not supposed to kill everybody they actively make it where you should be stealthy you don't have a ton of ammo you don't have a ton of abilities I wanted to kill every one of these people yeah and then walking through and seeing hearing the clickers I had a bloater follow me up the alley towards the end. Like, to the point where the people in the group were like, yo, that dude was, like, right on you. And I'm just, like, backtracking, and he's going quicker right on me. Seeing the little nods to the video game, the weapon bench that you have to, like, use mm-hmm. to modify yep. stuff. Great like, nod. I can't wait to talk to you about our behind-the-scenes behind tour and find out all the stuff that I yeah, missed. Yeah, there's some stuff there. Yep. It was, I got hit with every, almost every scare walking through it. Like, I think I just perfectly timed this house. That is awesome. Like it was meant to be. And I waited an hour and a half for this house, and I would wait an hour and a half for it right now to go back in it. That's I'm so glad. So, I, yeah, don't get me wrong. I love this house, too. And I'm so glad it held up for you, and it was everything you hoped it would be. That is awesome. That makes me so happy. It's a great house. Great IP. Absolutely great IP. Yep. They continue to knock it out of the park with their IPs. Last year. And knowing the fact of how much Neil Druckmann... Had a hand in this house. Yeah, I have not watched the California one because I 
I don't know if the inside is different, but I know there is a little outside scene where you basically see Joel and Ellie yeah. getting ready to yep. welcome you into the house, basically. I do wish we had that. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I, I don't think. understand why we don't. And that this is something, again, I would, I would love to sit down with anybody from Universal and be like, I understand you want to do things different on the coasts, but for major IP stuff like that, why is it not the same? Like, Yeah. I think it could have benefited from that big it time. Very much easily. And the space they had it, they had a space where that could have been yeah. easily put outside of it. They did. Yep. But still, still great oh, house. It was so good. I guess that brings us to my number one, which... I know exactly what it is now, too. It's the darkest deal. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised. I, me, too. Me, too. It was a tent house, so that's something, because tent houses tend to be not as impressive as the, the bigger building houses. As soon as you walk in this house, it smells like a Horror Nights house. I don't know how else to describe it. Maybe it's some fog. There's like an earthy smell. So as soon as I walked in every time, I was like, oh, yes, here we go. When you walk in right away, you're actually, if you're paying attention, you're actually at a crossroads. There's actually a sign, like a crossroads sign with two different roads, which is kind of cool, kind of sets the scene very well for the crossroads that the protagonist finds himself at. You see the collector in his human form right away holding a contract. He's got some great lines of dialogue he delivers. I still, still like they still live in my brain. I can like hear them in my head throughout the whole event. I kept joking, like repeating those lines to our friends, like in lines and stuff. I don't know. I just it was a, it was the, the story of the music man who sells a soul, and they told it so perfectly for me. Yeah, it was very well done. Like I every house this year absolutely killed it. Yep. There's there's a scene where you actually see at the end of the house, you actually see. The collector take his soul right in front of you. I've seen them do it two ways. Uh, one time, he just reaches out from across the room kind of deal and pulls it out. A blue light glows on Pine Straw's chest to signify his soul coming out. Really cool effects with a light under his shirt. And then the other time I saw the effect, the collector walks right up to him, touches his chest, and pulls his hand away, and the light goes on as you literally see him pull his soul out in real time. And then there's a mic stand that seems to be like bolted to the ground, and he slumped dead over the mic stand. And it was like so cool, it's such a cool effect. And like it's funny because I remember, you know, we were my group was just like so sad for him. We were like, no, Pine Straw. And then, like you're going through and you see the different parts of the time where he's playing, and people turn from normal to demon behind him and stuff like that. It was fantastic. Yep, every absolutely. part of it was absolutely fantastic. Yep, there's a fun nod to you go through a graveyard scene, and there's different musicians in there who you are led to believe all made that deal. One fun little nod, a lot of them appear to be 27 years old. I don't know if you know the legend of the 27 Club of famous musicians dying yeah. at the age of 27. Oh, yes. um, yeah, you're led to believe that. that they and Pine Straw himself are part of that club, which is a fun little nod. I, I missed that part. That's really cool. Yeah, it was, that was a fun little little nod. Again, I went through that house with Unmasking the Heart, which was awesome for me. So we'll talk about that more there. But yeah, that's um that's my number one. And it's a tough call this year because, you know. I can tell you from our list, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're different, but they're closer than I thought in some ways. So do we have the final, I do ha- the, I do the have official? The final. Let's do that and wrap this up. I'm going to do the final, and then I'm going to compare it to what our previews were, and then we'll call this a podcast because thank you all for sticking with this long one with us today. Yeah, it's it? a big one today. So our 10th house is Chucky. Mm-hmm. Ironically, ranked 10 for our – do you want me to do that back and forth, or do you want me to do row 10, row 10? How do you want me to do this? Tell us where where it is now, where we thought where it okay. was the previews. I think so. Chucky ranked tenth. Yep. First now in our preview, we ranked it as nine. Okay. Our number nine house is Dueling Dragons. Interesting. In the preview, 
we had Dueling Dragons tied for number one. Wow. So that, like we said, there was a lot of houses that had the chance to fall down, and that was one that clearly fell down. Yeah. Our number eight house was Yeti. Okay. That seems about right. Uh, that was tied for seventh place when we did it originally. Stranger Things came in at seventh, which was also tied for seventh place. Our number six house was Oddfellow. Oddfellow, interesting. Okay. The way the points fell out. Yeah. And that came in as fifth in our preview. Interesting. About right. Our fifth house is Exorcist. Mm-hmm. And that was ranked. That was 10. That was 10. <laughs> yeah. We did it. That's great. That's crazy that that. Good for Exorcist Believer. Oh my God. We believed in you, Exorcist. I didn't believe in you, but you scared the bejesus out of me. So credit where credit's due. Yep. Our fourth house became Last of Us. Interesting. Which ironically was fourth in our preview. Wow. Our top our number three house became Unmasked, which was tied also tied for first. Interesting. And point wise, we are tied for first again with both Blood Moon and Darkest Steel. Darkest Steel came in at third in our preview, and Blood Moon was sixth. Wow. So drastic, some drastic. very drastic changes between what we thought we were going to ex- right. like and then actually getting down there and experience, which I, is great. That is great. That's that's a, that, that's a sign of a great event. I, you know, I do have an asterisk here I wanted to talk about, and I forgot. I'm going to do real quick. Yep. Um, on the previous episode, I have my, my notes from our last episode. I have an asterisk next to Blood Moon and Darkest Steel. And I, I mentioned during the last episode, I believed those two houses had, had the, the highest potential to climb. My list. I said, I'm calling these two climbers. Where did you put them on there originally? So originally... Because I only have the point total. I didn't put who right. put what. So originally, Blood Moon was my number nine, and Darkest Steel was at my number five. And I okay. made a note to talk about how I think of all the houses, these two have the highest potential to climb. They were my number one and two house. And I didn't even think about this during the event. I promise, this was just an organic. They actually climbed to one and two. I just had good instincts that these two could actually crush it if they do them right, and they did them right. So I was very happy to see that actually that actually happened. The whole year was phenomenal. Yeah, there was. I, I can't say a real bad thing about this event. No. I love that every Knowing year that, has a different vibe, and this, this year's vibe was totally different from last year's. And, and awesome. Like, I don't, last year was great for many reasons. You, yep. It was your bachelor party. The vibe of it was there. Great time, and yep. We had a ton. We had nights where there was five of us. There was nights where there was 13 of us. And everything about this event was just brought up a whole new level from last year. And it was so well done. And again, round of applause to every person yep. who worked at this event, whether you are a scare actor in the houses. In working the zones, concessions, working even. Concessions, Everybody was the phenomenal. Bartenders. Like, I don't can't remember a bad cast member interaction. There were none. This entire weekend. Yep. And if you are any one of these people out there giving a hard time to these cast members, just don't go. Like yep. I, we I don't, don't need even you want there. to like even be an overly negative in person, but like they work their butts off to make sure so many people have good experiences. It's a grueling schedule, and they really give their all to us. So I can't thank them enough. Yeah, they make this every what one it is. of you is like it was an amazing time, and I yeah. can't believe how this list shook out. I love it. I love. This is what a, what a strong showing, the fact that this list shook up so much. That's so amazing. Again, I want to. Uh, we should probably wrap this up. It's getting a little long-winded, but thank you guys for listening. I know this was a long one, but this is one that's very, very near and dear to us. Yeah, uh, and we clearly lied because we are going to at least do a small episode of Chips yep. doing behind-the-scenes tour. We have maybe to, we'll, yeah. There'll be some lore stuff. Maybe a Halloween lore episode. Maybe we'll get a little spooky soundtrack for the background, was, and that'll be fun. It was 
We'll do it a at fantastic late. Fantastic event. We'll record and it late one night and make a little ghost story out of it. It'll be fun. I hope everybody who experienced this event enjoyed it as much as we did. And if you haven't had a chance to experience it yet and you're going to, I wish you nothing but the best night you're going to yeah. have because it was, it was so much fun. Yeah, have so much fun out there, guys. Uh, stay safe. Take care of each other out there. Take care of your cast members, your bartenders. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. This has been a really fun one. You know where to find us on socials at this point. Uh, we're yep. gonna be, we have a ton of pictures and videos from this event that we will just yeah. probably start peppering the socials. Yeah, I have a ton. Daily. Because yep. we just Yeah, we're just going to load it up for a couple of days in a row, probably. Just a couple different things here and there. And if you head back out there, see you in the fog. Take care, everybody.